0: Hello everyone, we are uh, starting the new Mimer, new discourse called Vimar Hashem Lakim Hein Haadam. This is the story of Bracious after the um, after eating the Adam and Chava'i from the Itas, the, the tree of knowledge, and Paris Bracious Daf He, the fifth daf of uh, Torah or page five Am Gimel, the third column. And Hashem, who is God, said that see now that man, since now that he ate from the tree of knowledge, it's he's become like one of you, able to know good and evil, and now let's stretch his hand forth. Let his hand stretch forth. So that's the initial verse that we're quoting here. Now our questions are as follows. First question What is the idea that by eating from the tree of knowledge Adam and Chaba's eyes were open, making them like angels who know good and evil? Second question is that what is the meaning when Hashem what does it mean Vayem Hashem Elohim? When it says Vayem Hashem Elohim, that's saying Hashem who is God. So why does it just say Hashem or just say Elohim? now lest he stretch forth his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Why would that bother him? Actually, the fact that Hashem already commanded Adam not to eat from the tree of knowledge was also in order that he not die and instead live forever. So why would it bother Hashem now if Adam would live forever by eating from the tree of life? Third question we have, that the main now, and the Altar Rebbe says that this is the main question we have, the Iker question. From where did the snake know that on the day that you eat of it, your eyes will become opened? Which turned out to be exactly true. If Adam, who heard his command, this command from Hashem himself, did not recognize this and only realize the basic meaning that Hashem said that for this day that you eat from it, you will surely die, and the snake is not mentioned at all as having heard this command, how did the snake know about the effect of the das? How would he know the effect of the tree of knowledge of what it caused? And also, even if the snake did hear when Adam was commanded, from where do we have the additional comprehension to extrapolate a deeper level of understanding than Adam himself. Unless we say that the snake was on a higher level than Adam, which itself would be something incomprehensible. Meaning to say that Adam was on a higher level than the snake, so how can the snake um, know more than he did about this? have a deeper level of understanding than Adam. So now to answer the three questions, the first to answer the first question, um, if to explain what was written in Barashas, that Adam Adam will be like one of us, knowing good and evil, after eating the from the tree of knowledge, which Hashem said to the angels, this is what Hashem said to the angels. Now this implies that above, in Shemaim they know both the good and the evil. But nevertheless, they are not mixed one with the other, for it is revealed and known to the angels, at least, that this one is good and that this one is evil. The evil is in separate from the good, even though both the good and the evil are known there above. And now, this is not the case of what the tree eating from the Etz Hadass accomplishes. I mean, the level of the whole idea is that it's knowing. That they're, um, knowing good and evil, and that the idea, the, I guess the curse of it, is that the fact that it's the good and evil is mixed. And the evil feeds off from the good, and the good and evil become combined. So we must understand the meaning of Eitz-Hadas, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, is an expression of knowledge. And if so, why would the knowledge of good and evil create a mixture of good and evil, when also above, in Hashemayim, it is known that the good and the evil, but in, above in Shemayim, they know uh, they know that it's separate. The, the the good and evil being separate, but the knowledge itself doesn't create a mixture of good and evil. So therefore, so theoretically, eating from the tree of good and evil should really the knowledge etzadas should really be a good thing because it provides knowledge. Um as opposed to being a bad thing, which we know that it is because it created that mixture of good and evil. Now, however, the difference here is the same idea as the difference between makif and pimi. So makif meaning encompassing and primi meaning internal. So from the level of das, of knowledge of good and evil, above in Shemaim is only a makif knowledge of good and evil. And therefore, it is possible to retain a separation between good and evil, whereby one can know about evil, not incorrectly swap it or mistake it for good, God forbid. Now, this is similar to the idea in Mishle. It says in Mishle, that a spire climbs with her arms inside the king's palace. So what does this mean? Means that even though she's in the king's palace, where she doesn't belong, but one knows and recognize her, recognizes her as a spider, and since it is distant from the people in the palace and doesn't affect them at all, they don't bother to remove it. Now similarly above, there's a separation between good and evil, as it is in the expression that <laughs> that that we separate, cause a distinction between holy and the mundane. And the separation comes from knowing good and evil in a way that is makif. It's encompassing them. Therefore, they do not mix together. So when you know good and evil and love makif, you're able to, to keep it separate. Um, now, this is also similar to the idea of Levain zaka that we talk about in the uh, spices, the Keteras, and the um, in uh, Parshas Amor in Leviticus, that this pure Lavona spice, it's, um, that it's one of the eleven uh, spices used in the kataras The ten of the spices correspond to the ten sparks of holiness, which are swallowed up in Klipa unholiness, and the eleventh spice, Lavona, is a spark of holiness of Makif energy, Makif means it's so encompassing and overarching that they don't become invested internally into the Klippa. Now this Lavoina spice is also the main life force for the Klippa. However, since this life force that it gives to them is only makif over them, it does not become mixed with them at all and is therefore remains entirely good. Now, the makif also pushes away the uh this external forces that oppose holiness. This is apparent from the image of the tree in Pardes, uh, drawn with makifim and pnimim, that the state of the situ- and situation of the klippas is with their backs toward the makif. Now, this is an image that we don't have in the audio version of this year, but maybe um, in the recording, I'll uh, send the PDF uh, from uh, learnhasidus.com, which has pictures that you can uh, actually see what it looks like with the Kabbalistic drawings. Now, this is not the case for the Etzidas Tevira, which is on the level of Pnimi, Knowing, knowledge is the idea of penimia, it's internalizing. The good is literally mixed with the evil. And this is the meaning of what it's written. And hein uh, adam haya ke'achad manu And Adam will be like one of us, knowing good and evil. Meaning, it is also like one of us, that just like on the level of oneness of Hashem, Frank above, it is known both good and evil. So too, Adam would also know good and evil, having tasted from the tree of knowledge, which combines good and evil. However, for him, this knowledge is harmful. Why is it harmful? Why is the knowledge of good and evil harmful? Because Adam comes from the level of panemius, which is internalizing the knowledge. And immediately upon knowing about evil, meaning he didn't even know about evil, so now he knows about evil. From after eating from that tree of knowledge, the evil becomes mixed into his consciousness, and the evil would l- literally be mixed into him. This is unlike how it is above and by in Shemaim, where even though they know about evil and there as well, it remains separate and distant from good and does not approach it since it remains on the level of Makif. So it doesn't, since it remains on the level of Makif, it doesn't. He's not able to be internalized within the angels, so to speak. But Adam, who's a person in this world, who comes from the level of Pnemi, which is the idea of internalization, when he learns about good and evil, then the evil literally becomes mixed up with him. Uh, and he uh, he becomes mixed up with the evil. Because on the level of Pnemi, it is impossible to completely separate good and evil. As previous explained, when it is very different, difficult to separate the evil. Only by way of an intense battle, as in the verse, one nation overpowers the other nation, referring to Yaakov, uh, Yakov level, ho- ho- which represents holiness, and Asa, which represents unholiness. Or sometimes one side, which can dominate, and sometimes the other side dominates. Sometimes holiness will dominate, and sometimes unholiness will dominate. There's always this battle when you're talking about the level of ptemi internalization. There's always a battle, and there's always it's always a um, competition for uh, that space in within the person, like we find and see by the souls of the Jewish people from the first generations until now. That there are very that there are many different periods. Sometimes in a single generation. There were many exalted souls who overcame the evil within them. In other generations, there were wicked people who were very much overcome by the evil. So you have both. With um, regards to humans, that we have this battle and this struggle because we have evil evil within us, because they all descend from Adam and he had all of these changes within him. Sometimes he was victorious, and other times the evil won over him. All of this was because he functioned on the internal level, as and as soon as he knew about evil, became mixed into his psyche. And with that came a very great and arduous battle to separate the evil. Therefore, it was sometimes one way, overcoming the evil, and at other times the other way. And similarly, we find, according to the simple meaning of the verses, that before he ate from the itadas, his awareness of evil was encompassing, since before eating from the etadas, They were enclosed and were involved in relations to bear offspring. As the verse says, the Pasuken, and they were not ashamed uh, before the eating from the tree. Just as when they were eating or drinking unbashedly, since this act of bearing children is a mitzvah from Hashem, so why should they be embarrassed? They do not know that there is a self-oriented desire uh, with related to sexual relations, so therefore, um, so, but since they they only did they they were involved in the midst of of having children, um, completely for holy reasons and with no self gratification whatsoever, they didn't know any evil, so therefore they didn't need to wear clothes. However, after eating from the Etadas, Tree of Knowledge, when self Oriented desires became mixed into their consciousness. It became difficult to separate themselves from materialistic indulgences. So now, to answer the second question that we had, that Hashem really didn't want Adam to taste from the tree of knowledge, since it could injure him, it could be jeopardize him, his his holiness, as we previously explained. Really, he wanted that Adam should have no knowledge of the existence of evil at all, so that he would be entirely holy. He did not want to bring him into this intense battle, this war uh, between good and evil, always having to fight off the evil um, uh, from uh, being internalized in him. But after he ate from the etzidas and internalized the evil, then Hashem said, lest he stretch his hand forth and take also from the tree of life and eat... And live forever. Thus, Hashem sent him out of the out of the Garden of Eden. So here, uh, the, the the verse says in Hebrew: Pen yishlach yaday v'la'kach gam meitzachayim v'achal So therefore, he has to leave the Garden of Eden after eating from the Tree of Knowledge. Um, so what does this mean? Now that Adam has already internalized the mixture of evil after eating the fruit, Hashem was concerned that if he would all take also from the Eight Chaim, from the Tree of Life, the root of which is in the level above the spiritual Kalim, uh, which is the shattering of vessels, which is the beginning of death and the existence of Das Teverah, Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil, which is not the case for what is above the shattering, namely the Eitz Chaim. So, meaning the Eitz Chaim is. Above Sri Sakalim, the Itas is below Sri Sakalim. Sri Sakalim meaning the, um, the process that happens in the world of Tohu. Um where which is the ultimate source of everything and causes uh, sparks to sparks of holiness to scatter amongst the world and become intermingled with um, with holiness, of holiness and unholiness being intermingled. So, essentially, just to summarize that, if Adam already internalized the mixture of evil, then if he would have eaten from the tree of life, then the evil could have gotten mixed into something that was eternal, which is the tree of life, which is above Shoresculum. So, then, then, God forbid, the evil would live forever. Meaning that in truth, regarding this level, it says in Eif that if you are righteous, what does that offer him? If your misdeeds are many, what does that do to him? Pasach uh, says in Hebrew, "Im um, If so, even if he is mixed up with evil, even if your misdeeds are many, meaning that Rabu P'Sha'echah, nevertheless it would still be possible that he would live forever and then the evil would live forever since it was internalized and mixed into him it cannot be separate separated from him if so then when he would live forever then also the evil within him would live forever would exist forever this is the opposite of the intention for creating the world for the purpose of creation is that there must be uh, as it says in Yeshaya, that death must be swallowed up forever. That we have this concept of of destroying, as it says in Devarim, exterminating all remnants of evil. That's the whole purpose of the, uh, the ultimate purpose of the world is to not have any evil. And to, uh, as we say also, "V'arisha to completely burn up any evil in uh, smoke that that will occur in the times of Mashiach. Why is that? Because for the entire time of exile, but the entire time of, uh, in exile that we're in, it's the period of refining the worlds and removing evil, which this refinement process is accomplished through Chachma, through wisdom. Because it, as it says that uh, Chachma is periru, that, uh, I think it's um, an ex- expression uh, in time that, that Chachma naturally has this quality of refining, refinement. It, re- it naturally refines and separates uh, evil from good. And therefore, Chachma is called Din, it's called judgment, because this concept, of Chachma is connected to severity and judgment, is unlike what the earliest Kabbalists understood. Chachma is entirely chesed, since it is the source of chesed. However, the Chayat, which is one of the later Kabbalists, he proposed that it also contains din, uh, which is judgment. The, the Arizal agreed with him and praised him for this explanation, meaning that, that Chachmah contains within it kindness and judgment and din. He said that this concept corresponds to how is explained in the Zohar in the Idra, as I explained in the Idra, which is a section of the Zohar, that it says in the Zohar, the mm-hmm. al that the hidden chachma rests and settles in its place, just like fine wine settles on its dregs. Um so, now this ability to refine contained in Chachma is needed since there are things requiring refinement to have the evil removed from them. And this is accomplished through Gevura, severity it is contained within Chachma. And on this, the verse states, in Dehelem, Ashera geva asher Fortune is the man whom Ka sends suffering, Ka, Yud-K, the the two letters, Yud and He, the two letters of Hashem's name, sends Hashem. So fortunate is the man who Hashem sends suffering. So why would would that be a good thing, suffering be a good thing? That even suffering, which is for the purpose of removing evil, comes from the level of Yud-K, the first two letters of Hashem's name. So really, suffering is, at the end of the day, um, and at least in concealed manner, really divine and good, as it is known that suffering is for the purpose of suffering out the evil. But since Klippa is likened to a leech, which sucks blood and immediately dies, this is the meaning of what is written in Mishle, that, and the leech has two children, that, la'aluka uh, aluka vanais. So, these two children, these are two different types of Klippa, of unholiness that suck, uh, uh, suck out the holiness, just like a leech sucks out blood from a person. Um, and then I guess apparently once the leech sucks out the blood, it immediately dies. So this is the idea of the goat that is sent out, the Sari Meshtaleach that on Yom Kippur, we, um, there's a mitzvah in the Torah of sending off one of the goats, uh, off the, off that cliff. um, to atone for our sins, as well as the idea in Bereshis, the sixth Parsha, sorry not in the sixth parasha in Sefer bracious uh, by Yaakov it says Yaakov, He sent Yaakov specifically sent a gift to his brother, Esav. Specific, what? But what did he send him? Izim Masaim sent him two hundred male goats. Why would he send two hundred male goats? Um, and why? But the reason is because the idea of goats. Is connected to the goat that was the the goat that was pushed off um, the cliff on Yom Kippur to atone for the Jewish people. Um, so the idea is that by giving a portion of life to the klipa, he separates it from his own domain. So the idea is as follows. The idea is is that Klippa, unholiness, which is represented by Esau, he has a claim on us saying that, you know, since we sin during the year, he deserves to win and that we don't deserve whatever um, reward it may be. But the whole idea of sending off the, the goat off the cliff is saying is we're kind of giving Klippa a little bit of what it wants so that way. Uh, we can keep this for ourselves, just like Yaakov. Avinu, he had got inheritance, a blessing from his father Yitzchak of Isaac, and he then pushed. He pushed. Sorry, he didn't push anything. He gave uh, his brother Esav these goats, so to speak, to give him give Klipa what to um, to have, so that way he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to leech. Um, any more holiness from him. Now, this is what must be done once Adam already tasted from the Itadas, the tree of knowledge, become mixed with evil. Then the process of refining is necessary until evil is separated out by removing all sparks of holiness within the klippa, within the unholiness. Now, all this refinement process is by way of chachma, chachma's wisdom, which is the idea, as we explained earlier, is connected to the idea of refinement. Through we refine things through our wisdom, since it contains within itself. Since chachma, wisdom contains kindness and severities. The severities make it possible. Um, to the uh, to understand that yud and hey. Sense suffering as it' was written that Kasher yaser ishes b'nai that as yes, the man rebukes his son, so too Hashem rebukes you, meaning that the cha the more we un- the more wisdom we have we can understand that that this the father that's rebuking the child he's not really rebuking him because he doesn't um like him, or anything, he recognizes that. Oh no, the father is beating me because he wants what's best for me. It's really for the ultimate kindness. But you need chachma to recognize that, and also for the parents to have the wisdom to recognize when it is necessary to uh, punish the child and to, or to show love, etc., etc. So, no, this is not the case of the guarding to the level of kesser. Kesser is will. Divine will, which is higher than chachma wisdom, because keser is pure rachamim. Keser comes from the middle, the middle line in the Kabbalistic chart, so which means it's more directly connected to mercy, rachamim. And on that level, on when we, on the level of rachamim, darkness, as it says in Tehillim, darkness is equivalent to light. So, therefore, there's no refinement necessary that well, therefore there's a concern that Pen yishlach yadev l'kach gam that adam uh would if he ate from the tree of life, then the evil would live forever um now since uh the it says in eov. To if you're righteous, what does that offer him? Meaning even if he sins, uh, that since he's in the level of primius, Adam Harishon, the first man is in the level of, uh, corresponds to the level of internalization, represents internalization. Therefore, the evil that is bound and fixed within him would also be sustained, which would be the opposite of the ultimate intent of creation, and is written the Zohar, with regards to Rabbi Acha, in the village of Tarsha, that there was a big plague at the time, and says that he removed the judgment against them through the recitation of the passages of the incense offering, the Keteres, and in the place where the plague struck, and uh, he specifically said the 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 order of the incense as it prescribed in the Torah. That the Kohen would offer and burn on the on the incense altar, and when he when he recited those uh, verses and those teachings about the incense, uh, the plague would stop. Now he was then told from heaven that this was not appropriate. Why, since the people there remained in a state of guilt and they didn't do proper repentance uh, tshuva, proper tshuva for their sins. If he would have first inspired them to do chuva and then remove the plague bearers, citing the passage of the Ketoris, that would have been fine. But to stop the plague without having, while they were still sitting, that was actually only adding life to unholiness. So, therefore, that's why in the story of Adam uh, in the Garden of Eden, Hisham sent him from Gan Eden to work the land. That's why he still had to be punished and leave the Garden of Eden. Um, What is the idea of working the land? Working the land is a process of spiritual refinement of the physical world through seeding, plowing, and harvesting until grain and produce is is ready for consumption. So after he works the land, then he can eat from the food and then use the energy to, to recognize Hashem's oneness and to love Hashem, as we read in the Shema, and to refine and elevate the world. And at this point, Adam Hashem, needed to physically traverse the earth which he was derived from and to refine the spiritual of holiness that fell into it from his sin by eating there from its produce and using the energy to serve Hashem. And that is the end of chapter 1. Now, theoretically, if Adam never ate from the tree of knowledge, a dust, then he wouldn't be able to elevate the world. So then that begs another question that what was Hashem's initial intention of creating the world if Adam was never supposed to eat, if the ideal was that he wasn't supposed to eat from the tree? Um, Because then evil would, in that case, then evil would exist in the world. Adam would have no idea, wouldn't know anything about it, and he wouldn't be able to elevate and refine it. Um, so the answer is that he would be able to elevate the world, but wouldn't be through battle. He would just he would he would elevate the world as it is written uh, in the way in a way um, like they did in the Garden of Eden. That he he would work the Garden of Eden, but it would be just through doing the mitzvahs, through the 248 positive mitzvahs, and draw down infinite godly light, the Orient Self, into the Garden of Eden. And just through the abundant revelation of light, the sparks of holiness um, that became entangled with evil would just automatically be elevated and absorbed within the supernal Lights that man draws down, like a flame comes drawn to the torch. Now, if the torch is small, then only a flame which is directly nearby will be drawn into it. And if it's distant even slightly, then it will not be drawn into it. And it won't be drawn into it. However, if the torch is large, then even a very distant flame, if it's a huge bonfire, then even a very distant flame will get drawn into the, the big torch or bonfire. So, so this is a, just a different process of refining the world. Instead of refining the world through tackling and fighting the evil and transforming it to good, this is a way more of just through reboy Or, through just such an abundance of light, it just automatically becomes transformed because there's so much light, instead of actively fighting the darkness. And that's how uh, our divine service uh, existed in the times of the, in the base of Migdash, the temple. As our sages taught... As it it up in the, Pesachim, that, the only reason why the Jewish people were exiled in, in, was in order so that more converts could be added uh, to the Jewish people. Which meaning to say that it, through elevating the sparks that were found amongst the uh, uh, to be converts uh, that is why we were exiled. Now what would have been, had, had they? Had, what would have been, if they did not transgress and become exiled? What would happen of all these converts? So we must say that under such circumstances, the sparks would have been automatically absorbed into the holy light, like a flame before a torch, like Nama the Amorite, the Ammonite, who, despite being a foreigner, was drawn to King Solomon, al Melach. And she became uh, King Solomon's wife, bearing his son and the heir Rehavam. now yeah so seemingly it would just be that the the nations of the world would just be so drawn to the Jewish people and to the, the to the temple that they any converts would just miraculously just travel and just come to to Israel and just convert and just uh, come on their own without having to be jewish people needing to be exiled um and this is also with regards to the nations who came to hear king solomon's wisdom Melch's wisdom as it says in um brought down in malachim aleph in the first uh, book of kings and with regards to the queen of, of sheba in the same place for then there was such a great torch, Shlom was such a great torch, metaphorically speaking, naturally all of the sparks became absorbed in it. If the base of Mikdash would have remained standing longer, then all the nations would have become refined and purified in this way. As it is written regarding uh, Lossed the future period, time is brought down in the book of Tsefania, that as Apoich El Rura, that when uh, the time of Mashiach, the time of the gathering of the exiles, that Hashem transform the nations to pure language, um, that meaning they'll call out to Hashem on their own accord. Also says in Yeshua, that nations will go by your light, uh, meaning there'll be such a great light coming from Jerusalem that the nations will just be just. Transformed themselves on their own because of the great light and revelation of godliness. And so would be the idea of their final process accomplished by Adam had he not transgressed, for he would have been entirely holy. For even the dirt used to form his body was taken from a place of the Mizbeach, and from it his 248 limbs were made, anointed in oil, etc. He would have. So if So, basically, Adam would have just dwelled in the Garden of Eden, and from there he would have increased light through his prayer and Torah study. And it just would have naturally just permeated the entire world. The Klippa would have automatically ceased to exist because the sparks of holiness would have been extracted from them, and it would have all been accomplished without any struggle. However, once he transgressed, then the refinement had... To had to th- had to uh, be accomplished specifically through toil and struggle A of birurim it's called that the Zohar teaches that nowadays um, the time of prayer of davening is called uh, Shaskarava time of battle now you would need to descend to the place of Klippa and elevate the sparks of holiness from there which is what it means that Adam was sent to the land from which his body was derived. Since now, in order to elevate the physical world, he must descend into the physical world and to elevate it from there. And that's, and that's where Adam was created. He was created from the earth. So he's going into the earth and um, elevating it that way. So now we can answer another one of the questions we had. Why the snake knew the effects of eating from the tree of knowledge, and but to such an extent that Adam, Adam Rishon, didn't know what uh, the effects of eating the tree of knowledge? And do even despite the fact that Hashem never even told the snake to begin with? So how could that be? It's because Adam Rishon himself, he was so holy, he was even beyond He was beyond the whole level of uh, Itzidas Teverah. He didn't know about the existence of evil whatsoever. But the snake, who was on the level of uh, Itadas Teverah, he knew about evil, he knew that when Hashem had commanded Adam not to eat from the itadas, it was in order to prevent Adam from having any knowledge of evil at all. That he would not need to enter any battle with the evil at all, would instead nullify the evil automatically through flooding with the world, the with the world, flooding the world with divine light. So, so the, so so that so therefore the snake was very angry. To, to such an extent that Adam was so protected from evil. That he was so that Adam and was so protected from evil to the extent that he can't even doesn't even know about evil that he doesn't he can't even stumble into it. So that's why the snake wanted Adam to to eat from the uh, eat from the tree because uh, so he, the snake decided that it was preferable. For Adam to become involved in this evil and battle with it. And then sometimes also the snake and evil in general would dominate and win. As it is written in b'Adam." There are times when a man rules over another man, but eventually it will be to his detriment. So the snake thought that this would be better for it than... Then if Adam did not know about evil at all, because then the good holiness that was included in the snake would be absorbed by Adam Rishon, like a flame by a torch, the snake would then die and be completely destroyed. Therefore he came with deception to Chava, as it says in Pirkei Rebiliyazer, that the Samach which is the Satan, came riding on the snake, etc., that the snake said, for Hashem knows that on that day, that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like Hashem, knowing good and evil. Now in truth, it is actually the case. And the snake did not tell a complete lie. He only spoke deceptively. If he said, you'll be like Hashem in the positive sense, then truth is actually a deficiency, this knowledge. Because even though Adam would know about that good and evil just like Hashem knows about good and evil but above in Shammai it does not cause a defect because it's in the ma'kif level as we explained earlier um, and the ma'kif level doesn't affect the person but, but mankind since we come from, uh, from the level of internalization the, when we know about good and evil it actually affects us and uh, can harm us even just the mere knowledge of evil so, so, that is the end of the answer. Now, in Kute Torah of the Rizal, it explains this concept as well, that Adam Rishon, this is the quote from Lakute Torah of the Rizal, that Adam Rishon was exploring the supernal chambers, these lofty spiritual levels, and he was able to become, he, why was he able to explore these lofty spiritual levels? Because, he was even higher than Rabbi Shem Bar Yuchai, And he was in a completely different league since he was formed by the hands of Hashem. Now, the this Teter of the Rizal continues to explain, they had no interest in, in peeking into the chambers of impurity. And the snake persuaded him to anyways look into them and to see what was inside. And as a result, he stumbled and fell into desiring what was in them. So too, I heard uh this is now the um this is the the altar speaking that I heard from uh the holy rabbi Avram who is was uh, Avram Amalach, the famous son of the Magdav Mezrich, on the verse The Ad Ish Adulamish that Yehuda uh, the son of Yaakov, uh veered to the Adulamite man whose name was Chira, because of the event of the son of Yosef. And because he sold, sold Yosef, Yehuda veered, v'yate. So what does it mean, veering? The, the, this means that he veered into the chambers of impurity to the Adulamite man in order to elevate sparks of holiness from there. And this is also the idea intended of um, the Fils of during the, the during the Tachnun prayer. During um, the Tachnun prayer, we essentially, we bend over and lower our heads to, to the ground. We ask Hashem to forgive us for our sins. That because through our sins we cause sparks of holiness to fall down into unholiness, We need to go down and extract them from where they fell. Thank you so much for learning, and I hope you enjoyed, and um, have a wonderful day.